the morning of the third day, the seal was not broken. And an angel of the Lord came and he rolled back the stone. He rolled back the stone. And for some reason, that means so much to me. Not because of the weight of this heavy stone. And I've, I've stood beside a stone such as the one that was rolled to the mouth of the grave. And it weighs hundreds and hundreds of pounds. And it's in this little gully, if you will, that keeps the stone, a little track that keeps the stone in place. And so they would, with a couple people, take and just roll this thing, you know, and, and get it over the mouth of this grave so that nothing could get in. And maybe in this case, more importantly, nothing could get out. They were afraid. They were afraid. And so this angel came and he rolled the stone away and the earth was quaking. And he rolled that stone away and he sat on it. (laughs) Even that kind of stands out to me. He rolls the stone away and he sat on top of it. <laughs> it's just it's like another day in the life of an angel, right? You, you just you don't know. But it's nothing. That's what it signifies to me. This is nothing. Right? Just get this thing out of the way. And then the two Marys show up at the grave. They're headed there, right? They wanted to see. And they meet this angel. She's you're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, right? They're like, yeah. Right? They're scared to death. He says, he's not here. <laughs> he's not here. You expected to see maybe his dead body, but he's no longer here. He has risen from the dead. He's risen from the dead. Not even the grave with this big, massive stone could hold him. Death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? Ah, ah, there ain't one here. There ain't one here. This is the Son of God, the Savior, the Messiah that we're talking about here. No grave's gonna hold him. And so this angel says to the ladies, come and look, come and see the place where he lay. Can you imagine them just walking in there? And a lot of times there was a few steps down as they walked in, you know, and, and seeing this. Can you imagine? And then the angel said to them, go and tell the disciples. Go and tell the disciples. And tell them that Jesus is going to go, he's going to meet them in Galilee. Can you imagine? Now, here's another story, right? These ladies come and they meet with the disciples and they tell them what just happened, right? So even before this, on the way back to tell the boys what just happened, they meet Jesus himself. (laughs) And they're like, they can't believe it. They wrap their hands their arms around his feet, and they just begin to worship. He says, well, uh, 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 
go tell my disciples. I'll meet them in Galilee. The disciples are a little reluctant, as you can imagine. But Jesus rose from the dead, just like he said. He told them, I will suffer at the hands of evil men and be crucified, and I will rise again on the third day. And he did just as he said. Had he remained in the grave, his body would have decayed just like any other. And all of the prophecies, all of the hopes through Christ would have been dashed and you and I would remain to this day forever lost and hopeless in our sin. But not even death. The enemy thought he had him down. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees and the elders all thought they had this Jesus. We dodged a bullet on that one, didn't we, boys? Hey, high five. Oh, no. Jesus was not dead. Jesus had risen from the dead. Not even the grave could hold him. And the scriptures say that will not see my righteous one see decay. As we celebrate Palm Sunday, as we celebrate Good Friday and sometimes Maundy Thursday and, and Resurrection Morning and all of these things, this this week of passion, the, the passion of the Christ is actually what it is called, the passion of the Christ. And you may have and probably have seen that Mel Gibson movie, The Passion of the Christ. Powerful. Do you know that God is intensely passionate about the cross? Why would that be? Why would God be intensely passionate about the cross? I want to I speak to you some things that the Lord spoke to me specifically regarding this very thought. And I just want to read that to you. It is finished. Some pretty profound words. It is finished. The last words that Jesus would ever speak as a living human being. Almighty God is intensely passionate about the cross of his son, Jesus. In horror, he remembers how Jesus suffered on it, even unto death. Seeing his son this way, even remembering it, brings upon him severe pain to the point that he was ready to step in and trash the whole plan to save mankind. The cost 
was too great. It was too much to bear. How could he remain hands off, as it were, in this situation and let his, the torture of his only son, someone so dear and precious to him, continue? How could he do that? Yet knowing what was at stake, literally the lives of all humanity ever, of which you and I are a part, Jesus remained on the cross, the heavenly Father watching, refraining from intervention, Jesus refusing to call thousands of angels to come to his aid and take him down from the cross and like an overpowering, overwhelming army, destroy any and all who were harming him and put an end finally once and for all to this suffering, this execution. But no, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit knew what was hanging in the balance. They were of one mind in unity with the Holy Spirit from before the foundations of the earth. The price that needed to be paid, that people would forever remain lost in their sin if they did not follow through with this plan. So the father looked on in pain as his son suffered and died. And with love, so proud of his son that he was willing to die for those who knew him not. The cross of his precious son, Jesus, remains to the father both horrible and pleasing at the same time. So as you and I come to the cross, sinful and dirty, hopeless, he is reminded that these very same attributes of humankind are what caused the death of his son. His anger would be kindled and aroused to the point of him completely and utterly destroying us as he has considered of doing before and at times has acted upon it. The flood, Sodom and Gomorrah. And just then, he hears the voice of his son Jesus saying these words that ring loudly in his father's ears. Father, forgive them. <laughs> For they do not know what they are doing. The father sees the precious blood of his beautiful and pure, perfect Jesus, his only son, the spotless lamb, this blood that covers and makes us clean. 
And the anger of the father is appeased at the sight of it, this blood. And at that moment, and forevermore, feels nothing but unconditional love for you and I. Because of this blood. What he sees now when he looks at us is the resemblance of his precious Jesus. Our scent now is the aroma of Christ. And he is pleased. And he looks on us with pure love and adoration. Amen. You and I being both, listen now, you and I being both the cause of death of his son and also the reward of his death. You follow that? We are both the cause of his death and the reward of his death. This evokes intense emotion in God the Father. The cross is both horrible and beautiful at the same time. It was on one hand our sin that caused Christ's death. Yet we were the very focus of his adoration that drove him to the cross. You and I are in all essence the passion of the Christ. You and I are his passion. And his infinite love for us, listen, was what kept him on the cross until finally he breathed his last and our sin once and for all was atoned for. And he said, When Jesus was standing before Pilate and Pilate a second time was questioning him, are you the king of the Jews? And he said, you know, I am, as you say. Did you hear that from somebody else? Or you come up with that. He says, Jesus, my kingdom is not of this world. This is the reason I came into this world, to testify to the truth. And, and Pilate asked him, well, what is truth? You know, so I came into this world. I was born. This was my purpose, to come into the world, to testify to the truth. The, what do you mean? Like, not lies? No. The truth of who God is. The truth of who God God is. I came to testify that. Jesus, in his birth, his life, and his death, fulfilled scriptures. Over 400 scripture that foretold his coming, his life, his birth, his death, his resurrection, all these were foretold in Scripture. And now Jesus 
is on the cross. And he says, it is finished. I came for you. This was the plan for you. In every action of Christ emulates the love of the Father for you and I. Would you stand with me today? Scripture says, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. So while he's hanging on the cross, the religious leaders are like, come down from the cross if you are the Christ and save yourself. They said things like, Let's see if God wants him. He said he was the son of God. Well, let's see if God wants him. So we'll watch and see, mocking him. Come down from the cross if you are the Christ. Then we will believe you. Above his head was written, King of the Jews. And of course, the religious leaders were having a fit about that. Get that sign down from there. He's not the king. Pilate says, oh no, what I've written, I've written. The sign stays. Next to Jesus were two criminals. One on his left, one on his right. The one was mocking as the others were mocking as well, even as he's dying on the cross. And he says to Jesus, save yourself, Jesus. Save us too hey, while you're at it. Right? And the other thief yells at him. He says, hey, we're receiving our just reward. We're getting what's coming to us because of our sin, the sins that we've committed. We're being judged justly for them. But this man, he says, has done nothing wrong. And then he turns to Jesus. Jesus. And just very simply, no training no being raised in the church. No theological doctrine has been studied for years. He just turns to Jesus and he says, Jesus, remember me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me. That moment in in all simplicity, in all innocence, 
from this thief, this criminal on a cross at the very last moments of his life cries out to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says to him, truly I say to you, Today, you will be with me in paradise. Amen. No, that thief, that criminal had no prior training like maybe you and I of, you know, going to church on Sundays. Man, he was dying in his sin. And right there, the Son of God, he cries out to him with his last breaths. Remember me. He was like saying, save me too, Lord. Because I believe in you. I believe in you. Save me. And as, as difficult as we as human beings sometimes make this, it really is not. See, there's no 12-step program that's going to get you into heaven. There's no training that's going to get you into heaven. We all start at the same place. We all start by recognizing our own sin and our inability to fix it. We are sinful and we recognize it and we need a Savior. And that's where Jesus comes. Jesus gave himself for you and me. Instead of there being sacrifices all day, every day, Jesus became the once and for all perfect, spotless, pure Lamb of God. That's right. Amen. The pure Lamb of God. And as the priests would, as these lambs were being sacrificed, and I've, I've told you this before, and it's, it's horrible and it's beautiful at the same time, this beautiful young yearling lamb without spot or stain, all right, this lamb is killed for no reason other than to represent our sin on it on something that's innocent. You see, our sin, our dirtiness, our rejection of, our disobedience to God is sin and it costs something. And so here is a visual representation (coughs) of what our sin does. And it's horrible. Those beautiful little lambs, they're so stinking cute, right? They're so cute and they're so beautiful. And they're so innocent in every way. And yet, this priest takes and he pushes down on the neck of this little lamb, this little innocent little lamb. And he's putting his weight on this little lamb as somebody slits its throat and blood pours all over the place. It's horrible. It's gross. It's brutal. And therein lies the importance of it. So that 
humanity, you and me, remember that our sin costs somebody something. And as they place their weight on the head of this beautiful little lamb, and its throat is slit, and blood pours out, and it dies right then and there. Jesus became the pure, innocent, spotless lamb once for all time. Once for all humanity. Hallelujah. Yes. For you and for me. The scripture says that he was bruised for our iniquities. He, all of our sin, all of the punishment that brought us peace was placed upon him. It was all placed upon him as he was going to the cross. You see, he took our sin off of our shoulders, if you will, and he carried it all to the cross. And as he was nailed there, I want you to picture this, as he was nailed on the cross, our sin that was on him was nailed to the cross as well. As he breathed his last and died on the cross, gave up his spirit and said, it is finished. Our sin died right there. But that's not the end of it. It couldn't be. The fact that he rose again signified the finality of the death of our sin and our new spirits rising again with Christ from the dead. And because he lives, we live.